Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wild. Welcome back to Wild On, season two. The podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of women's wrestling on Wednesdays. Before we get things rolling today, I wanted to take a second to share something I'm really excited about. As many of my listeners already know, I am a fan of CBD products. The market is incredibly saturated though, and that alone can make CBD shopping overwhelming. But in comes Premium Jane for the win. What sets Premium Jane apart is that their products are sourced from actual hemp plant material, which is grown in strain-specific microclimates. Unlike most CBD oil in the industry today, which is extracted from Asian hemp seed, and that only offers a negligible amounts of cannabis oil. Hit it up, Premium Jane. Today's guest is quickly becoming one of my favorite new people. He's an incredible athlete, wrestler, and all-around human being a member of the former Impact Wrestling staple, The Rascals. It's the Fresh Prince of Midair. Ladies and gentlemen, my man, Trey Miguel. Tell me, how did The Rascals first come into fruition? Des and Zach were already stationed in Dayton, Ohio. Des is from Dayton and Zach is from Lima and they were under the OI4K wing. I had met the OI4K guys in November of 2015, and we were on some of the same shows together here in Salida, Ohio until February. I actually got to wrestle Zach, and Zach and I had what we thought was both of our best matches yet, and like we hit it off so much. And it was so funny because, like, at the time, for three shows in a row, Zach and I, like, almost didn't like each other because... Oh, really? Yeah, we, we kept showing up to the shows, and we were wearing the exact same outfits. Uh-huh. I mean, like, head to toe, he had high-top black vans and skinny jeans and, like, a black bomber jacket, and so did I. And I'm just like, why? What is this guy doing? And then the next show, like, we were each wearing pants that we had cut off at the knees and turned into shorts and then like crop top shirts with like just super weird stuff. It was like, how do, how in the world do you keep dressing the in the exact same <laughs> stuff as we at these shows? And it was unplanned, but then we actually, uh, we wrestled and we got along so much and we were like brothers ever since. So then I started traveling down to Dayton to do Rockstar Pro on Wednesdays and I would stay for a few days at a time so that way I could train for the Monday, Tuesday, and then do the show on Wednesday and then head back up to Toledo. And one of the times I was down there, uh, Des actually moved back to Dayton from Orlando and I had met him for the first time. And we had small interaction on Instagram, but we had never talked before. And right. on day one, he just clowned me for looking like Ricochet. <laughs> 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 we're like in the, we're in uh the basement at the house we're at and uh, he whips his phone out and I think this was uh, I didn't like Des at first because of this this was yeah. so funny but he put, he puts his phone in my face and he goes wait just stand right there and then like the flash comes on so I'm like what are you doing he goes don't say anything and then he goes say what's up to Ricochet and I go what's up Trevor and then he stops the video and he goes don't call him that if you haven't met him and I was just like 
you're the one clowning me. Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't ask for this, but it was, it was funny. And then those jokes never stopped from anyone. Uh, so you guys there. basically at that moment where you like pseudo hated each other, but yeah. then it was like stepbrothers where and, it's like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. And then, well, I shared a room with him too. There was, there was like 11 wrestlers living in that house at the time. Like a nightmare house. And, um. Oh, the stories. Just a lot of crunchy towels everywhere, eh? Oh, my God. That's, that's <laughs> terrible. My life is men. I live. Oh, my like, God. It's, I only have boys. I work in a fire hall. I was on the road for way too long, so, like, I oh get it. Oh, my God. There was no toilet paper ever, was there? That's so funny. And there's one there's one restroom and, like, one washer, one dryer. It was just the worst. Yeah. And I slept, yeah, on a fl- I slept on a floor for the first, like, month I was there. And on I remember, top of a stain. I remember like the worst thing. I had a blow up mattress, and um, it was gifted to me. <laughs> <laughs> One night I'm sleeping, and a fucking mouse ran across my pillow, oh. and I oh my god, I lost it. It it tripped me out so much. It was the things you deal with just to try to make a name for yourself, you know. Oh, I get it, but it makes everything. You know, you're so much more thankful when you you literally started from the bottom. And, yeah. You know, now you're here. I swear. <laughs> so then, how long were you guys doing the Rascals on the Indies? Des and Zach were, they were Scarlet and Graves for a while on their own. And they had done international tours and such. And it wasn't until um, WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans, which that was three years ago, correct? Yeah, sounds about right. I kind of had a, I had a heart to heart with Zach and Des about the amount of exposure they had compared to the amount of exposure I had because we lived together and we trained together and we were best friends, but I just, I really wasn't getting the same opportunities that they were. And they were getting a lot of these opportunities through CZW. DJ Hyde had all the connections to get them overseas and whatnot. And DJ Hyde just would not pick up anything I put down. And it got to the point where like Jake Crist was booking me every, every eye pay-per-view against the CZW guy. And it was like, I'm literally going to just book you against his guys until he notices that you can you can hang with every single one of them. And then eventually, uh, it took DJ coming in with, I think he came with Joe Gacy and we had a match. And then DJ was finally like, okay, I, I'm picking up what Trey's putting down. So then he finally let Des and Zach bring me into Scarlet and Graves, but they didn't want to be that anymore. So we kind of brainstormed and we were just like, you know, what's something that really fits all three of us and we're like well we're all just a bunch of children honestly and we love the little rascals and the first thing that we said was oh let's be the little rascals and des was just like we ain't little (laughs) (laughs) that's all we heard that's all we heard (laughs) he was like he looked down at his chest and traps and everything like little and that's when we were just like well then let's be the rascals it we introduced it WrestleMania weekend at CZW, and it actually was Des, Zach, myself, and Myron Reed, who's signed uh, MLW. But it still didn't really take off anywhere else. Like, no one was really booking the four of us. So, But what ended up happening was Myron and I kind of split off, and there were kind of like two separate rascal tag teams going on, because we, we were the rascals. We were all rascals, but right. we, we didn't change names depending on who... You know what I mean? So kind of like Bullet Club, if you will. Yeah, I got it. On a much smaller scale. 
much. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even trying to do that. No, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but let the people decide, the listeners decide. <laughs> you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But um, so Myron and I kind of were doing our own thing, and then um, Myron had uh, other obligations. He ha- he had a baby that mm. uh, was born, little beautiful Milo, and mm. he he had to move to Louisville to you know take care of his family, and then that's how we uh, we ended up you know, Myron's my little brother till the end of my days. So I don't, I don't want to say like we broke away or anything like that, but we just, we just had to do different things. Right. We each separately were kind of introduced to impact. Des had already been there for a little bit, but kind of hadn't been like on TV for the better half of the year. And Zach was getting more rub from impact than I was. They had more eyes on him because he had more of an independent presence than I did. He had just come off two tours of Japan. He went to China also. So uh, the first time we got to work for Impact, we weren't the rascals there at all. Uh, Zach was doing a tryout match on his own, and then I had one the next day, and then we didn't hear anything for a year. Really? Yes. Uh, And then Des still wasn't on TV, uh, back on Impact TV yet. They, they called us back and said that, hey, if you can make it to Toronto, we have a tryout for you. But they actually booked Zach, myself, and Ace Austin okay. to wrestle OVE. And uh, about a month later, they contacted Zach and I back and they said that, hey, uh, Sammy Callahan showed us one of the... Uh, the promos that you guys did as the rascals and we only filmed one ever i don't know i really don't know whose idea it was but we filmed it at czw and it included all four of us and it was the the idea of the that 70s show being in the right. basement with the turning camera we actually had a panning camera oh wow that that we like turned all the way around and everyone would be smoking in a circle yeah and sammy showed them that and they they actually really liked it so they were kind of the first ones to be like hey for you three we're going to like we want to put you three together and let you do your thing as the rascals and so impact really were they were the first ones to kind of give us that ball yeah and i've been grateful for it because it it, it helped us evolve the characters and everything beyond what we thought because there's only so much you can do within the independence if for sure when you're not tech savvy you know what i mean like ethan well, page yeah. i think is perfect at promoting himself like coming up with the karate man versus ethan i don't know how you oh my god he's insane like he could literally run courses teaching Mm -hmm. what he does because he makes it look so effortless and i'm just over here trying to keep an instagram account and a podcast going and that's killing me (laughs) tiktoking yeah oh by the way we are gonna start tiktoking we're gonna start doing i'm on tiktok and it's so hard to do i don't know what i'm doing on there so maybe you can help me we can do like dances and shit i'm down for that 100 percent. okay good well i'm glad impact finally capitalized on what you guys potentially could have made huge on the indies because i think you guys have been like you were such a staple and I think your characters were so relatable and of the generation that loved that 70s show, myself included. And for someone who just smokes weed in general, you're like, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> you, know what's, you know, what's the funniest part about it is I've never seen a full episode of that 70s show. Well, you're when, a bit young, so I, ex- I'll accept that answer. <laughs> when, when impact were like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to run with this. Uh, they want, like, I remember having the talk with Jimmy Jacobs. He goes, yeah, so it's going to be like that 70s shows, right? Like, so, like, yeah. what are you guys doing? I was just like, honestly, man, we've only ever filmed one of these. And I tried to watch the show for inspiration. 
I didn't really get shit. I just, I was like, man, I, if, if you let me smoke, I'll think of something. But. <laughs> yeah, because Jimmy's like my age, so it, that, that would have made sense. But you guys ran with it. You made it work. But you I, made it I, your I had own. a lot of fun. That, that was the best part was that Jimmy kind of allowed us that creative freedom to just be like, hey, this is kind of your guys' oyster, and we're kind of just the only wrestling company that's going to put this shit on TV. So. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking take it or leave it. <laughs> Go ahead and do it, boys. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, I think that's always been the amazing thing with Impact, formerly TNA, is they've always made their homegrown talent. You, you know, you start there, and people get to watch the evolution of your character, of your personality of your wrestling and I, I really I can relate with that a lot I think impact gives people like a real opportunity to like be a part of someone's journey like yeah watch them come from here to here like yeah. a like a young AJ Styles that's yes. like the per- that's the best example I think I could give agreed and fans want to watch that like that, fans that, fucking love the underdog when you can gravitate to something like that I think yeah. like that those are like real fans that like not people that just want to oh yeah, I'm just going to get every shirt he buys. Like they just like, they have something to like keep them going. Agreed. Agreed. And I've been on both sides of the major company and impact and that, that place will always have my heart for that reason. You can have creative integrity. You can be whoever you want to be and they're support it for the most part. Absolutely. So then on November 17th, sadly, you guys were evicted from the tree house. We were evicted. Um, what did you go through? personally uh leading up to that on that, that was day. The, that was the saddest shit in the world <laughs> um it, it it really was because so often a, a lot of people at the like at impact they they like knowing how we film the tree houses and they like watching and some people like completely just like watching it on tv to see the edited you know what i mean like they yeah. don't they like just being a fan of it. So right. it's really cool. Every like I feel like everyone really liked what we did there. But this was the one time like especially because of COVID now and how things are set up like in the locker room in the building that we're filming in. Uh, we did it in the locker room in the middle of everyone and like everyone was oh. there and it was just it was the hardest thing to like not cry but luckily this big ass fucking light is right there and with with eric standing behind it and eric <laughs> eric won't let you be a bitch and start crying anyway so um <laughs> the light blinds you so you don't see anyone behind it which that helped more yeah. than anything but oh. it was emotional and then what like hurt even more was the moment we were done we like our phones go off and Sammy sent us pictures that he took like from behind it of us filming it. And it just, I was like, will you stop? Will you stop? <laughs> it was, it was really emotional. Oh, I bet. I bet. So like full transparency, we know that, uh, Des and Wentz are with WWE now, mm-hmm. but what led to the breakup? Zach's married and Des is engaged now and they just need wrestling to in a different way than I do right now, if that makes sense. And Absolutely. they needed to do different things for them than I do. Yep. And I also think that, I, and I don't, I don't mean to like sound like I'm speaking bad about Impact, but I mean like a lot of people, I feel like they ran out of things to do with the Rascals. You know what I mean? And yep. there's there's no need in just staying if there's, you know, if there's nothing to do with. And yep. um, I have ideas for 
impact and I have things I want to do and things that I didn't get done yet. And yep. I, I don't want to leave without having that done. And impact also affords me uh, the luxury of being able to stay home, which is like super duper important to me because we have a wrestling school here. Right. And I'm one of the head trainers there and I'm, I'm there every single day and I'm so close to the kids that we have there and the other trainers too. And I have a lot of family here and like wrestling has my heart more than anything in the world, but I've just been through so much personally that yeah. I, I, I can't pull myself away from my family right now. I just really can't. I can't do that. And uh, especially like I, I have a brother that passed away in 2013 and I'm so sorry. Oh, it, it, you know, it's, it's life. Um, but my oldest brother just had, uh, my most recent nephew and he was born two months premature because uh, his mother fell ill. So they actually induced her. Oh, wow. Um, and he's been a nice, he's actually, he's, he's home now, but he was in isolated care for two months and um, they named him after my late brother, and it's just like I oh. I couldn't imagine moving to fucking Orlando, Florida, a month after this little miracle. You know what I mean? Like that's just yeah. that that's not it for me. And yeah. and it's not like wrestling is it. It's not like if I don't go to Orlando, I don't get to wrestle anymore. Yeah. I get to, I still get to wrestle more than anyone at NXT. I wrestle. I train whenever <laughs> I want. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, and then yeah. and what's and one of the coolest opportunities that have come out of it have been uh getting to work with Alex Shelley. Oh, he yes. he I mean like being fifteen fourteen, fifteen and sixteen, watching him and as one of the guns and Chris Saban, like, oh my god, I just was such a little fanboy over those two. Like <laughs> I, I just I like I would stand I had my T V on top of this real shitty entertainment stand. And it would like it bowed in so much at the top of it, and like it, it like it made this thing weird. It was weird. So like if you because of that, if you were watching it from my bed, like it just didn't look right. So I would have to stand up, and like stand right in front of my screen so that way I could watch, I could watch wrestling. But like, I didn't have a fucking problem with it. I'd hear the, (laughs) and just get the fucking running. So to be able to have the opportunity to like he's he's made me a project and i mean like some from the wrestling to the personal conversations everything i mean like yeah it it wasn't easy having des and zach you know like just be taken out of my life almost because i mean it's right. zach was a two-hour drive away and i'm now we don't get to wrestle with each other anymore like the rascals yeah. aren't a thing anymore and that's been really rough on me and <clears throat> shelly's been there like the entire time and uh I've I've had so many bouts with depression and I feel like I've been open about it on social media so it's not a, I don't believe it's a secret um and he he relates to that and he was there to just I mean he knew it without me having to say a thing like he was like track and see like the inside of you crumbling we are, we are not going to let this happen and every day is just endless conversation with him about mental health and wrestling and I mean he's just one of the the best people I could have met and gotten close to during all of this like I honestly think he saved my life oh that's Um, amazing and that's something that's like I think that's even more full circle than like having a dream as a to just be a WWE superstar and like having that come true like my favorite wrestler is now my big brother and (laughs) like like what he like we we have keys to the same school we meet up every week we text and share video all the time like i, I blew him up last night with all these videos of 
things I was training and like he's just like that's what I'm talking about that's that's it little bro and I'm just like dude like that's it's, it's awesome and that wouldn't be something that's happening right now either so it, it's something I just I heard this yesterday and I posted it last night and I, I thought a long time about it yesterday too and it was a, a guy shared it that was actually my student advisor when I was in community college and he talked about life and obstacles and he said that like obstacles are like mountain peaks he said and from the top of each one you know that there's another one in front of you and sometimes you can see it he said but every time you go to the next peak all you think about is the one that's in front of you but when are you ever going to stop and look at the roses at your feet yeah and isn't that the fucking truth that in like in this moment right now it's just like it it rang true more than anything else and i was just powerful words (laughs) powerful words you know Patrick and I have been like really close since I was 18 19 years old I'm 34 and it's really funny that you guys have each other because we've leaned on each other over the years we've been through a lot together like divorces and moving and in and out of the business and leaving and going to school and the same thing and I very much struggle with my own mental health I've had lifelong anxiety Um, I've always had depression which was made worse by having my gorgeous son I had wicked postpartum depression so thank you for being so open and so honest about your struggles because the biggest thing with mental health is destigmatizing it and you and I and Patrick are all people that have a platform and we need to normalize it. It's, it's, it's such a big part of all of our lives. And the whole term of like, it's okay not to be okay. Well, yeah, but it's okay to just talk about it and, you know, support each other. And it, it, you're not the black sheep. And, um, you know, I just, I know we just met each other today virtually, but you've always got me now too. So you're, (laughs) you're not alone. Um, and vice versa. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm very jealous that I'm all the way over here and I can't train with you guys because I could take so much from both of you. (laughs) Whenever you actually, you can, you just have to provide a negative COVID test. It's, it's, yeah. It's a lot you have to go through, and then you have to quarantine for like 14 days after, and they'll check up on you. Well, maybe Canada's... after a taping, I'll like tag it on the end of a taping, go down your way, train yeah. for a day, and then go home, and then I have to quarantine. So, Yeah, anytime, literally. And then at tapings, everyone's always super cool there. They they allow people to have time without like crowding the ring and being able to like practice social distancing too, but we get our time in there too. Awesome. So even there well i love how we were talking about wrestling and we've already gotten to the place and you know people lock up in parking lots oh. dude. straight <laughs> i fucking know trust me everyone hangs everyone just hangs out outside the hotel just lock up <laughs> next to a car or that's something true like yeah that. we get shit done the way we have to my flex is a problem How old were you when you actually? I was 14 years old. Okay. I thought you must have been a major baby because you're still a baby now. I I just, I was just out of my freshman year of high school and uh, I was, uh, I think I had just got out of like my first real, my first real relationship, <laughs> I had, like my first little real high school girlfriend yeah. and uh, baseball had just wrapped and my best friend's dad went to a 
went to a wrestling show. WWE was in Savage Hall, which is at a the University of Toledo's campus, and he ran into the guy that trained him. Yeah. And he, he had some big-ass settlement over a hospital lost his kidney, believe it or not. So he got this huge thing, and he, he decided, you know, I'm going to start a wrestling school. And he asked me, he said, you know, this will be illegal, but if you're down and your dad says it's cool, you can start training. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so August 1st, 2009 was my first day of wow. training. So you had your parents full support. So I know you mentioned your dad. Uh, is your dad the parent you had in your life the most? Or Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. I, was so, I was solely raised by, well, I don't want to say solely. He had the help of my mother's family, but my mother just wasn't in the picture. Okay, okay. So, uh, so yeah. your dad was like full support at that age you getting into wrestling uh fuck no because <laughs> um i was real shitty in high school okay. uh i had a lot of like social anxieties and problems and thought that like it started like in middle school because i went to i went to this it's gonna be a wormhole <laughs> i grew up in i grew up in the hood and this like i went to cherry elementary yeah i'm i'm half black half white and I'm the only one that's as bright as I am. I'm so yellow. <laughs> like, it's not funny. <laughs> so, I mean, I just got fucked with left and right, right to, like, the end of my days. And then, but I had friends. I had, like, I had best friends. But the school district that Cherry was in was not the same one as the middle school I was about to go to because we were about to move. And uh, so none of, like, none of my friends... Uh, went to the same middle school as me after sixth grade when I moved and I just had the hardest time trying to adjust so um, I remember having honors classes in the seventh grade and like I was like well it's based on your grades you know what I mean I had great grades and uh, started failing out of those because I'm just too busy trying to be the class clown and then I mean like that becomes a snowball effect that you aren't even aware of so by the time high school came I'm just sitting there like I don't even know how to like if I were ready to start taking this seriously I don't even know how to do the work that's in front of me right now right so fuck (laughs) (laughs) by the at at the end of my freshman year I bring this up and I was like hey dad I got this bright ass idea I'm 14 and I'm built like a (laughs) q-tip soaked in pee because how fucking yellow I am I want to be a pro wrestler I think that I think that's where my future is and he was just like what in the no well how much and I said $700 to to start I said it'd be a thousand but I'm gonna help like paint the school and tear the ceiling out and shit and he's just like all right you bring me home straight A's and B's come this sophomore year and blah blah so we're only a month away because it was August 1st and then right so you were fucked (laughs) made it through the first semester of sophomore year but I had fallen in love with training so much I was like school just wasn't it it really wasn't so I I, I started I was like hey I want to go to online school because I can do that at home and I can just spend more time training yeah I never did it yeah I like never did the homework so I ended up just dropping out okay and uh I was like oh yeah I'm just I'm gonna make it work dad and fuck was it hard but I mean, through all that shit, we we did it. <laughs> Make you uh, stronger. I actually, but um, I actually did go back uh, this past December or a year ago, not just not in twenty twenty, but in two thousand nineteen. I went back and started taking the test to get my GED, and I got three out of the four completed. And then fucking COVID hit, fucking and COVID. so and I, and I literally I just like let it be a thing. And then maybe a month ago, I was like, 
I think, you know, I think it, there's, they probably opened back up. <laughs> I was like, I, I should, I'm sure I should that, finish that. <laughs> there's probably a way I can finish this last one and move on with my life. So. Do it. But I. Do it. I did, still did post-secondary school, though. Okay. I was doing really, really well, but what had happened was was when my brother passed away, right. uh, they, they put me on academic probation, but I returned the following semester, but things had just gotten so hard at home. My dad needed help, and I'd moved back in with him. I was working three jobs and trying to find bookings and still do school, and I just I couldn't keep my grades in, like in line. And I remember I went in the week of my brother's passing to talk to all of my professors to let them know like I I, I don't know when I'll be back I, I'll try to take home as much work as you'll allow me but honestly dude it's just gonna fucking sit there um and what was crazy was that one of my professors actually worked with my brother and I found that out because uh the week of I had gotten my entire left uh sleeve tattoo is for my brother it's a it's a character. A lot of people don't know what it is, and they ask me, and they ask me in like the rudest fucking ways all the time. There's like, what's this? What's this <laughs> cartoon on your arm? Or I can't tell you how many people are like, who's that lady? And I'm like, it's it's a dude, bro. He's got an afro and glasses. I don't fucking know, but uh, Jesus. But I had I I started with just an awareness ribbon on my forearm for type one diabetes because that's how he passed away. He passed away of low blood sugar in his sleep. Oh my gosh, that's fucking so- horrific. Yeah, and he was only twenty six, and oh. we were we were very close. Um, uh, so I got the tattoo, and when I went in to talk to my math professor, he asked me. He goes, he asked me about the tattoo, and I told him. I said, "It's it, I got this for my brother that you know that we're talking about right now." He goes, and he he seemed so puzzled, and I was just like, "Well, what?" And he he mentioned to me that they had this exact ribbon hanging up. My brother was um. He worked at the Toledo Hollywood Casino uh, in the Final Cut Steakhouse. And he said, he goes, dude, we have one of those. Like, it's done in roses. It's, like, hanging up at the casino. And uh, he said, it has a picture of a guy on it. And I said, yeah, that's my fucking brother, dude. He goes, oh, my God, I work with your brother. Oh, small world. Wow. You've been fucking through it. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Life is Life, life is messy. Aren't haven't we all though? Yeah, but yes, yes, sure. Life is messy, and it's just how you rebound from it, and surrounding yourself with good people, and being honest about it. And you're doing amazing. You should be really, really proud of yourself. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No, that. truly. How do you feel about wrestlers dating other wrestlers or dating within the industry? I I had it beat into my fucking head. Never, ever, ever don't even, <laughs> don't even hug a, like, you know what I mean? Like nothing but a fucking oh, handshake for everyone in this business. You don't ever, you don't ever step over that line. And then I was just like, okay, all right, all right. Now, I don't think that it doesn't have its place. Yeah. Wrestling's about love. I mean, like we're we're fake fighting in underwear, and if you love that, you should be able to love whatever you want, <laughs> and the people you do it with. I don't know, and it's like I couldn't imagine dating outside of wrestling. Honestly, yeah, I've never dated someone outside of wrestling while I've been in the position I'm in now, right. and I I couldn't imagine what it would be like because insecurities are a thing. I it, it means nothing these numbers on social media and stuff like that, but to Two people, it, two certain people, it does. Yeah. So maybe 
it, it can make a girl uncomfortable seeing you a thousand likes on a thing and all these followers and people that just get to have comments about you and say all these things and yeah. that that might make people uncomfortable For but sure. if you can find someone inside of that same world that you're in that understands what it's like like hey like I don't tell people to post this on my stuff. I have to post what I post because I have to promote and I have to I have to engage and whatnot. I think it kind of makes it easier if they can understand your thought process. I think it I couldn't imagine not being a wrestler and trying to date a wrestler and understand how any of this shit makes For sense. Sure. So I say date inside the wrestling business if that's where you find your love. Listeners, you hear it here. Trey Miguel <laughs> fucking gets Advocates. fucking gets it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Like I came up in the era where it was like, you don't shit where you eat. You don't shit where you eat. Me, me, me. Everyone's going to, for me personally, it was more about um, people will completely overlook your talent if you date X because you will be mm -hmm. overshadowed or you will just be X's girlfriend, which is complete horseshit. But I understand it was... I think what they needed to like preface it with was just don't be going wrestler to wrestler. Don't like, don't be a whore. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, both, both ways. It should be the same at any, like any job. I don't see like what, why, how is wrestling any different from like, just keep it professional where yeah. it has to be professional. And I always thought for, you know, jobs that are like so niche, so time consuming that remove you from your family, whether you're a surgeon or a wrestler or an actor or a musician, like, you are both in that industry because you love it so deeply and there's always like this kind of underground tone to it that only those people can get it. So how are you not going to end up dating someone within yeah. your industry? So, And obviously you support women's wrestling because I just saw that little clip of you training Billy Stark. So you're putting in the work with some of the up and comers. I've known Billy since she was 13 and we've been helping her Des Zach and I, like she came into rockstar one day before she was, I think she hadn't even like actually started full time training and we're just like, all right, kid, let's, let's try some roles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but Billy is awesome and she's on her way and she's going to do great things. I think, COVID really sucks because that kid would be in front of a ton of crowds right now and she'd be killing it. Um, she spent her 16th birthday here like two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Took her out to eat and everything. And then uh, we actually gave her a scholarship, if you will, to come train at Skull and Bones anytime, like paid for. So like she doesn't have a drop in fee or anything and anytime she wants, she's welcome. That's very cool. And all I care, no matter what gender you are, you put in the work. And sounds like homegirl's putting in the work. She does, and she challenges herself a lot. She really does. More than some of my students, if they listen to this <laughs> shit. So, <laughs> calling you all Yeah, out. tune in, guys. Get your shit Billy together. Billy Starks is out here outworking all of you motherfuckers. Better step up. <laughs> Girls are taking over. This is kind of like my second time in the industry. I had really fallen into the slump, and my mental health wasn't great. Uh, and I really feel like coming back to wrestling, making this podcast, has, like, wrestling saved my life again. Would you say that wrestling kind of saved your life as a youngin? 100%. When I was 14, I mean, my priorities really just were in all the wrong places. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do school. I just wanted to party. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be seen doing shit that, like, 14-year-olds didn't have business doing right. at all. I was out all night all the time. I... I can't incriminate myself anymore over it. I mean, I, I paid the I paid the piper for it, but I I stole a car when I was fifteen. Oh gosh! Like you know what I mean? Like I was yeah. I was into bad shit. Yeah. Um, You're on the wrestling, wrong path. Re wrestling 
I mean, the first time I ran ropes, we didn't even have a canvas down because the ring was soaked and so was the padding. And they just had the big, like, wooden, uh, like, plywood sheets. And I, like, uh, I mean, we can't even tape them down because these are wet too, but do you want to learn to run the ropes? And I was like, yeah. So I learned to run ropes without even having a, a fucking canvas to, like, hold the boards down. So That's why you're so fucking agile. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, boards that are doing this, I learned how to run wow. ropes. Because I was just like, dude, the, no, I, I don't care what's not in the middle i see a ring i see yeah. ropes and i if there's a way to this is day one let's fucking do it i like and ever since then it really did it, it saved my life and i think that's probably another element to why the brother sisterhood can be so strong because you know a lot of us were like so lost before wrestling just i don't know i just i just find that that's a common theme amongst all wrestlers is and i feel like it's easy to fall back into those like mental health traps too yep. being a wrestler because you take someone that feels like they don't belong anywhere else and that so now you want me to become confident and then confident enough to go in front of crowds of people who are only going to judge me whether it be good or bad and then now I have to take it to social media too where people can have the meanest fucking thoughts in the world that they never, ever, ever have the fucking energy for in person oh, at no. all. Never. No, they, oh, let me see a motherfucking social justice <laughs> fake warrior in person that talks all this shit. Oh, I know. And doesn't represent it in person. It's like everyone just talks out of their ass online. So before Impact, when I was with WWE in developmental, I was very much in the Divas era. And so our aesthetic was to be skinny. So I lived on a very healthy diet of like cigarettes, coffee, and like fucking Tic Tacs. And you know, when you, I, tra I always trained really hard and I wrestled really hard and I wasn't in a healthy place. I looked great. I looked the fucking business, but like- Yeah, but you probably felt fucking miserable. Like, Dude, if you knew me, I was like the angriest person always because I was starving. I, I honestly like I think one of the hardest parts about wrestling is the the upkeep that you have to have to constantly try to look a certain way to appease people that are only going to compare you to ricochet anyway so. <laughs> I think the best thing dude one time I, I dyed my fucking hair blonde one time and then I was like okay you know what not only does ricochet not have hair he doesn't have blonde hair so I'm gonna dye it blonde and then I went and did a TV for a place called Aerolucha and these lights shined so bright onto my head that it made me look bald oh fail so like all the pictures just made me look bald I was like I look like him more than ever now oh you failed dude dude it was the worst <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's like the best thing we can do in wrestling now is just be the most authentic version of you. Like you don't have to fit in a box anymore. You don't have to be jacked and gassed up six six and 280 pounds or look like a 90s porn star, Ella J Jenna Jameson. And, you know, I'm coming back as me. Like I'm functional. My so favorite question is what weight class are you or just my class? Just, dude, wrestling gets rest, wrestling gets to come in. Yeah size a b yeah. c all the way through z and everyone's welcome to it yeah and i think it's the coolest thing when you have like that blend of everything i don't i don't want to watch nine x division matches i don't want to watch a bunch yeah. of small guys pair off i don't want to watch a bunch of big guys pair off i don't want to yeah. watch you know i want to see a blend <laughs> of everything every marco stunts on tv that's fucking awesome easy on the short people all right you know how short he is in person <laughs> 
he's short. Oh, I know. But that, but that doesn't mean he doesn't. But that, like, that's what people want to give him grief for all the time. Like that, that doesn't make any fucking sense. What, what is he supposed to do? Tape bricks <laughs> to the bottom of his fucking feet? I should try that. But it doesn't mean he doesn't have a place. But people want to shit yeah, on him. And then I get on Instagram, and the kids on. He he spends his time in the gym. He's a hard gainer, but I mean, he ain't. He's not giving up at it. The best thing for wrestling is competition, and competition comes from the diversification of talent. So just mm-hmm. everyone just needs to keep doing what they're doing because I love the place wrestling is in right now. We're on a high again, and it's a completely different place than it was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I mentioned Premium Jane early on in this episode. As a wrestler, firefighter, and mom, I suffer from my share of physical and mental ailments, and I'm always looking for the most natural remedies. CBD oil hits on so many different levels. Pain relief, reducing anxiety and depression, and even reducing acne. I've tried many different products, but I keep coming back to Premium Jane for the variety of CBD oils, topical creams, capsules, and edible gummies. I love the gummies. Okay, so why should you care? Because I have discounts. Who doesn't love Primo products that are discounted? Yes, girl. Click on the link in the description of today's episode or go to premiumjane.com and enter coupon code WILDON. Don't forget, that's WILDON with an E, one word, for your 20% discount. And please let me know your thoughts, your feelings, your reviews, because I kind of have an online shopping problem and uh, I just love CBD products and I'm always open to more and interesting new products, but hit it up, Premium Jane, Wild On, for your discount of 20%. But I like to end every episode with these 10 tailor-made questions, and at first it started off as this podcast just highlighting the women of wrestling, but then I realized actually that's kind of sexist. This is about inclusivity and everybody and people that I just generally want to talk to. Yeah, so the questions might seem a little feminine, but that in itself is sexist. I'll answer him in the truest way <laughs> either way. So. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Name one beauty product you can't live without. Um, okay. So I don't know if this is a beauty product, <laughs> but because I dyed my hair, I started losing it. <gasps> and so <laughs> I have to, I put minoxidil in my hair every day. And like a year ago, 100%, I yeah. was like bald and I regrew all my hair and it's so thick again on the top of my, like it's probably... <sighs> The thickest I've seen it, like, since I was a child. But, yeah, so I can't live without that because it keeps my hairline intact. (laughs) Let's get Trey a sponsor. Come on. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Good answer. What is your favorite exercise? I just actually fell in love with this. This is actually really cool. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's for your core. And you sit on the ground. And so... uh, and you, you just start by tossing a, a 15 pound medicine ball back and forth, but then they get off to the side and they throw it past you. You catch it past your, so now you start incorporating your obliques and toss it. After 30 of those, because you go 10, 10, 10, oh my God, it just burns you alive. I just started doing those like two weeks ago and I think it's one of my favorite workouts ever. I love it. Weighted Russian twist. Is that it? Good for you. Yeah. I learned something today. That's it. I don't need to go to training now. You're the fucking king. <laughs> I have peaked. That is it. I peaked a long time ago. (laughs) Same. Okay. What is your biggest pet peeve? Mismatched socks. 
Like, if you don't have the two same socks on, I just, like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't, I can't fucking do it. Like, if, <laughs> I swear to God, if they don't match, I won't wear socks. I'll just bare, I'll barefoot it in my shoes. Does it your, does it your dryer eat one of your socks constantly, though? No, no that doesn't happen. But actually, <laughs> maybe that's where they're going. <laughs> Every time. But that also shows you how often I check that little, that trap shoot thing, too. Probably just like a big coagulation of all my Hanes socks in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And it's going to just catch on fire one day. Oh, that's going to fucking suck. It'll be fine. You should go check that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? I'm trying to break it down. It's not like it's not like there's just one. If you need to do top three, I'm totally okay If I that. need to do top three, it's Topanga from Boy Meets World, Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bell, and... Don't look at me like that, Jengs. This dog's like <laughs> writing it down mentally. He's judging I'm you. I'm judging you. <laughs> Maybe uh, Elizabeth Wilde. You are such a 90s child. Like these women are much older than you. I'm learning lots about you through these answers. And those are all very good choices. The, the internet's going to have a day when they hear this like Trey's search history probably is just <laughs> MILF and... <laughs> women in their 40s. <laughs> Now, now Jang's head is all the way turned sideways, staring at me. He's like, "Who knew?" So, did you grow up That's watching so like Say by the Bell, Fresh Prince? I watched Say by the Bell every morning. That was my shit. Man, I was so fucking pissed when I didn't look like Kelly. <laughs> In high school, I was like, uh, that's not what 14-year-old me looks like. And then you learn that they're like 30. It's 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 okay. I really thought I'd look a little bit like Slater by now. It's still more on the screech side, but we, we don't give up. You're missing the Zumbas. You're missing. <laughs> I know. I have, I, have, I have two pairs at home. Oh, okay. Well, they're both from First Wrestling, but one says First Wrestling and one's just the zebra. It's just oh. the blue zebra. Oh, and they're well, both Zacks to... because I wear my boyfriend's clothes. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, do you have? Oh, sorry, I skipped one. What is your favorite band or artist? Issues. Mm-hmm. So you are a metal kid, new metal kid? No, actually, I listen to like rap and hip hop more than anything. But like Zach and Des introduced me to the band Issues when I moved in, and it's my favorite music in the world, one hundred percent. Do you have a secret vice, like drinking a glass of wine in the shower? Uh, probably smoking a blunt while I take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, you will not get that answer from a lady. And if you do, she's my new favorite woman. <laughs> that or doing it while I drive, because that's peaceful as fuck. Yeah, fair enough. What wrestler has the best entrance music? Well, if he didn't change it, it was Shinsuke. Mm. You're not going to say yourself? No, no. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I come out to beat it on the indies. And then, you know what's, it's like, sucks about that is I just watched the Leaving Neverland fucking thing the other day. And I'm just yeah. like, ah. I know it came out like a year ago, but I still just, oh, it might be time to switch that up. I used to come out to Computer Blue by Prince. Oh. That was my favorite I've ever done. But it's still no Shinsuke Nakamura. Have you pitched ideas about what you want your new like solo career music to be? Or are you going to still come out to Rascals-esque music? I actually don't know. Get on that. Because... because Control your future. Okay, because I'll spoil alert it. This, is, this will be aired after I'm already back at Impact. But yes. this right as of right now, 
I don't know yeah. shit. <laughs> I know nothing. I have I have ideas and I've been telling them. Okay. But we will see what happens at these coming tapings. I would like to have something ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like new video, new music. Yes. Uh, definitely going for a new look. And hopefully when this airs, that will already be a thing. What is your drink of choice? It's going to sound girly as fuck, but I like wine. <gasps> we are sisters. You I are love my wine. best friend. I, did we just become best friends? We just became best friends. We yes. did. We did. And I really don't care if it's white or red. I like red. If two of them will make me feel good, <laughs> and I'm fine. Feel sexy and pretty. You know what's weird, though? So, like, I had wine the other night, and it kept me up for fucking hours. I was up to, like, 5 a.m. Red or white? It was red. Oh, really? Because I was going to say white is loaded with sugar, and that can happen. I was up, like, all night. Dancing? No. (laughs) (laughs) Probably watching people on TikTok do it, though. (laughs) There's this one guy I follow. He works at Walmart, and he is just an extraordinary dancer. Is he a greeter? No, I don't. You know what? It doesn't look like he actually works there at all. It looks like all he does is dance there. (laughs) But if they pay him for it, do what you do. Yeah, make your money. Oh, that's funny. What was your most embarrassing moment in the ring? Well, very recently at Warrior Wrestling, it was a triple threat match between Dez, Zach, and I. And I did this. I'd never done it before, and I'd never practiced it either. But from the middle turnbuckle, I did like a a moonsault corkscrew. Okay. And I went to my feet, and Zach's shoulder caught me in the gut. And (laughs) when I landed on my feet... I'm supposed to like rush him back in so we can continue the spot, but I stop and like I hunch over and the camera, I didn't know the camera would pick this up, but I, I had to tell the ref because the ref starts counting, but I couldn't move and I turn around and I go, I have to poop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he just stops like, what? And I was just like, no, like for real. I, I told him to do this and I was like, hey, lift your cooler. And I was just like, there's no, there's nothing I can do about this. So I just like... And then finish the match. I mean, it. it re- Wait, you shit in some guys? No, no, no. Work? I didn't shit, but like, I, I like, I like tightened my butthole so tight. I gave it like the most like, <laughs> pucker I could. Just the, I felt it like poke my throat. I sucked it up so much to finish the match. Oh my god! It would. It almost turned into a South Park episode. That could have been the best answer thus far. So that was the thing. <laughs> I think besides that, just like botching stuff, maybe this actually like I got so upset about is my first time at Corgan Hall in Japan for DDT. I think I was doing the baby cutter. So springboard off the bottom rope, come back into the cutter. And the guy I was about to do it on was the the rings there are so big. I had so much room to cover that I was like, all right, I have to like really charge this rope so that way I can like spring back as hard as I can. I ran at it so right. much that when I went to hit the rope, I just fucking dove through the bottom. Like, I just, <laughs> right out onto the apron. Didn't hit the rope at all. And I'm just like, oh, no. oh my God, in my debut match at Corgan Hall, I just did that. For, like, my oh. the one thing I really wanted to showcase, because I was practicing this before the before the show, and everyone's like, oh, Segoy, yeah. oh, my God. Like, it was really popping on everyone there. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to, like, do this for the crowd tonight. Nope. And then... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just, <laughs> hey, I won't there. lie. I cried. I swear to God. Des and Zach, Des and Zach, like we're like, you better quit crying. And I was like, oh, I, I quit. I, <laughs> I, I really, I felt like it. That, what about you? I just, I don't fucking get embarrassed. Like I've, <laughs> I've done all the things that should make me embarrassed. Like mm-hmm. so, your ovaries are not supposed to act like a pinball machine. 
like in your body. So like when we drop kick any woman, if you like belly out on anything, you pee a little bit. Oh. So yeah, so I pee a little bit whenever I belly out, and I'm just like, it's fucking whatever. It's anatomy. Like, I'll get over it. I wear black Lululemons. I'm comfortable oh my in my own shit. Like, so I've peed a little, a lot. I just learned about Lululemons this last year. I had no idea what that was, and I was like, I drive past it every day, as a matter of fact. So, yeah. <laughs> I have embarrassing stories of other women, but I just, I don't, I don't. I did forget one, and I think it's because I buried it. Um, when I, when <laughs> I was uh, this guy named Ben Boone. Yeah. When I, I was only 19, and he was giving me a stalling suplex. And I had <sighs> nothing on under my biker shorts for, like, the first yeah. time ever. I, did, like, I didn't have anything that was fitting under there. And he gave me the stalling, but the thing is, like, he, he was losing me and didn't want to, like, just bump me yet so he tries pulling me back so while my weight's going this way and he pulls my fucking waistband forward but the the light was so bright over us there was only one spotlight that it had a shadow you can't tell anything happened i was like that's awesome but i like that happened everyone saw your manhood good for you maybe not was it liberating was it what Degrade. Liberating. <laughs> Liberating. Um, no, but I yeah. saw it because I remember I was upside down and I looked as like, no, I'm looking myself in the eye. <laughs> I want to do a whole episode of everyone's most embarrassing wardrobe malfunction because I don't think people know what we go through. It's the worst. Like, especially like not that you guys don't have your shit, but like we have more things to expose and we wear tinier stuff so like the oh, double-sided yeah. tape like i oof, i ripped half my nipple off one time giving a girl a german german suplex. Oh my God. she landed on me and the tape there was just so much tape and it grew back it's fine i got over it, it. Grew back. um <laughs> oh it's just like the first layer oh it's God. fine and i just snorted so moving on <laughs> okay finish this lyric in west philadelphia born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Yay! Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, cool and all shooting, 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 shooting some b-ball outside <laughs> of the school when a couple of guys, they came up to me. Right, <laughs> no, you can keep going. It's cool. That's so funny. <laughs> no, because I don't know the full, full one. There's like a super extended one, yes. and I don't want to get chastised for fucking those up. So I'll Yeah, just get your shit together, guy. Come on. While I'm, you know what I mean? It's just a gimmick. <laughs> Shh, don't tell, don't tell people so that. It's so funny. I love Fresh Prince. Oh, me too. That was my game. Like after school every day, it was Fresh Prince, Family Matters, Say by the Bell. Same thing. Both my parents worked. So my grandma raised me for like Monday to Friday till I was, I don't know, a problem my teenage years. So it was those those shows that were my jam. I watched way more like sitcoms and cartoons as a kid. Same. 100%. Like I just watched like Family Matters and The Cosby Show and yes. like George Lopez. and <gasps> Fuck, I like, love George Lopez. Have you watched any yeah. of his stand-up? I watched his latest one on Netflix, actually. That one was a bit too political. It, 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 it was. So, like, I, I turned it off halfway because I was like, I'm no longer laughing. Yeah. And half a lot of these jokes aren't meant for me. So, I was right. just like... It's true. I just pretend because I thought George Lopez's first stand up, I think, came out in like 2006. And I just got off a tour uh, from Mexico. So I was like, I'm a luchadoras. Like, I, he's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it was just the atmosphere I was in, but That's so funny. I don't know. His first, his first one was great. 
But anyways, thank you so much for doing my show. Thank you. <laughs> it was that lovely. was the last question. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was lovely to meet you. It was great to meet you. And whenever you want to do this again. Yeah, yes. absolutely. You let me know. Okay, so I imagine most of my listeners were catching up on the fact that I have a soft spot for all of my misfit family who have faced any type of adversity. Maybe it's because I've lived versions of it, or I just have a zero tolerance for inequality, discrimination, and people who suck as a whole. Trey Miguel is my type of human. He's literally started from the bottom and earned his place every step of the way. In short, he's an absolute sweetheart who wears his heart on his sleeve. He refreshingly puts his family first, which means he's grounded in who he is. Having roots allows one to enjoy professional wrestling as a passion, opposed to pro wrestling being the thing that roots you. Wrestling being your be-all end-all has never ended well for anyone. There are a lot of choices in this business. The wrestling business is batshit crazy and there are really no hard and fast rules or roads of promise to follow. It's sink or swim your whole career. Some of us get so burnt out they retire for 10 years and only then have they been able to lick their wounds. You guys wouldn't know anyone that fits that description, would you? Well, that wraps up another episode of Wild On, where we get Wild On Wednesdays. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you like it. Taking out the time to give a review and leave a comment will help your girl and the Wild On team out immensely. We want to climb those charts. Check out the Wild On merch store for all your Taylor Wild shopping needs. I will provide the link in the description below. Are you Wild On fans still looking for more? Come with me. Follow your girl on Twitter and Instagram at RealTaylorWild. That's wild with an E. I'm going to have to end every podcast exactly the same, guys and ghouls, because this podcast requires so much blood, sweat, and tears. It takes a village, and my village is a Canadian, badass, punk rock girl band, the Wild On Team. Editor and producer, Rochelle Duras. Public relations, Madison Gelshani. Marketing specialist, Rebecca Levinson. Thank you, ladies, for all your hard work. I love you guys. Until next week, stay calm and wild on. I landed on my feet. Excuse me. <laughs>